everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Martin Willis, your host. And I was on vacation last week. I thought the show that I had pre-recorded was was a great one. And if you haven't checked it out, I love when academics look into this. Uh, so anyway, I'm real excited about tonight. I have a longtime UFO researcher, Larry Holcomb, on. He was on, I think, eight or nine years ago. And uh, he has been around and looking at this topic all the way back, I believe, since 1960 or thereabouts. And so he's seen all the changes coming along, and we're going to be talking about that. First of all, um, I just had something happen. I think it's kind of funny. People say uh, that, well, you'll, you'll hear in the, in the video a little bit later on. I've been teased a little bit. But anyway, uh, happened to get out of the car. Uh, a friend of mine was looking at real estate uh, up in uh, Myrtle Beach. Uh, Saturday, I got out of the car and uh, the real estate agent was uh, meeting us at a location uh, about a mile from the beach. And when I get out of the car, the real estate agent says, hey, look up, there's the Chinese balloon. And I said, oh, yeah, that looks just like it. He said, uh, that is the Chinese balloon. So I said, really? So um, anyway, uh, standing there and I see a jet fighter coming along. And so I'm going to show you this. There's a, a really good clip of one of these up on my video shorts on my YouTube channel. So check that out. You can see it much clearer. These videos, because they're vertical, they come out really small. But here it is, first they're of all. Looking at the it, Chinese it all out. And when it gets over the ocean, they're sending oh, yeah. one from Virginia. Oh, my God. That will go oh, my God. Up, I got Fighter jets coming to look at it. This is really the balloon. Basically, I, I say that the uh, the fighter jet is coming to look at it, but that's not what it was coming to do. So I started snapping pictures, and here's the sequence. Here it is. Uh, if you look over to the left of your screen, and these uh, images and videos will be uh, linked in uh, show notes. So the first picture, it's a perfectly round balloon. The second one is when it was hit by the missile. You can see it's in an oblong, like an egg shape. And then the third image, poof, it's uh, it's done, blown up. So I was just shocked that I just got out of the car. And five minutes later, uh, my friend uh, Donna and I are witnessing the balloon. He does a podcast UFO Yeah, I actually am doing this while they shot the balloon. It's coming down. They shot the balloon it's just so live right now. And I caught it on film, the Chinese balloon. That's amazing. This is live, catching it on film when they shot it down. The jet just went by and just shot it down. It's coming down. It's 60,000 feet right now. It's got a long way to go. This is like historic. Are right now what's the town this is surfside beach near myrtle beach south carolina so anyway uh let's see let me get this image down so a lot of people have been teasing me do you think they shot it down did are, are you sure because i repeated myself so many times but anyway it's just so shocked i was actually thrilled to be there just at that moment, I mean, I wasn't even out of the car for five minutes when, when they shot it out of the sky. So that was pretty exciting. And now this is a picture of the uh, recovery effort. This thing was the size of three school buses. Um, and of course, you know, China says that it was a uh, weather uh, balloon, but we'll find out exactly what it is because we're going to be able to get the, uh, all the, the uh, equipment that it had, a, a payload, a thousand pound payload or so. But anyway, it was it was fun. You know, I kept my eyes to the sky, like I always say. And uh, anyway, I got to witness that. So thank you for uh, listening to me say that the balloon was shot down. And here's our guest, Larry Holcomb. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Larry. Thank you. Good to be here, Martin. That's 
that was uh, really fortunate that you uh, were able to see that and get that on film. That's that's really well, uh, that's really it special. is fun. And the BBC called me, you know, that that night to talk to me because I put it up on Twitter. But uh, the the thing that I find out later that people were watching it for like hours, you know, and got bored and went in. And I just happened to step out of the car when it was shot. So mm. yeah, it was a, uh, it was really good timing. Yep. Uh, good, good luck. Good catch. Yeah. yeah. So Larry, thanks so much for uh, coming back on the show. And uh, it's been a while. And so there are uh, a lot of new people, especially since then it's been eight or nine years since you've been on. So if you would, please give your background. You got into UFOs way back. So uh, let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, goes back to 1960 when I was a junior in high school. Um, and uh, I had read several of Major Donald Kehoe's books. Uh, Kehoe was assigned to... Uh, investigate the uh, UFO issue for True Magazine. And he didn't really want any parts of it. He thought that the whole thing was ridiculous. But once he got into it, and uh, I think it was Ken W. Purdy that uh, assigned him, uh, uh, who was editor of, of True Magazine, assigned him to the, to the job. And... Uh, Kehoe took it reluctantly, but after he got into it and started investigating uh, the subject, he did a turnaround. He became a believer that these things were there and uh, existed, and uh, he didn't know what they were, and it was only until a scientist that he was interviewing, uh, told him, uh, well, during the interview, and they were talking about what they could be, what are they, where do they come from? And the scientist did this, and it stunned Kehoe that the scientist was telling him that he believed that they were extraterrestrial. Anyway, I was fascinated by Kehoe's books. So I became involved in the subject. Uh, it became an advocation with me. And when I took early retirement, I decided that I wanted to write a book that would address the population that... Uh, has an interest in the subject, but no real deep background. And I wanted to address how the uh, the government, the uh, the CIA, the FBI, the all of the the uh, uh, security agencies were handling the thing, and what was being concealed from the public and how it was being concealed. So that's how the book came about. I think it's, uh, I'm proud of it. I think it's done a reasonable job uh, to go into the background of uh, uh, the administrations, the various administrations, how they handled it, uh, what they were told, who was told what, uh, and <laughs> Make no mistake, uh, not all presidents were given thorough briefings on it. Uh, they, the presidents were only brief as far as the intelligence community uh, felt they were uh, worthy, <laughs> if you will, for lack of a better phrase, of uh, knowing the facts. Uh, so... I, uh, Truman knew, Eisenhower knew, was well briefed. Uh, Kennedy, his involvement was extraordinary, which I go into in the book. Um, 
the other presidents, uh, Lyndon Johnson, uh, certainly had an interest in it, but his interest, uh, he was, I think Lyndon Johnson was afraid of the subject. Uh, he knew what had happened to John Kennedy. He wasn't sure about anything, and, and I think he was, he was very reluctant to even touch on the subject. Uh, but anyway, we don't want to go into all the presidents, but the presidents that were briefed in some detail were Ronald Reagan, uh, of course, George H.W. Bush, as director of the CIA, knew uh, probably uh, not everything, but a great deal of, of uh, background. Um, uh, George W. Bush, um, Clinton, probably not at first. I think Clinton got into it later in his administrations. But, uh, and as far as Obama, uh, I think that he was brief to some degree. But as you get into modern times, these uh, presidents come under, uh, well, they're given background on what they can talk about and what they can't talk about, and uh, how well they're versed, how well they are brought into the loop of knowledge uh, just depends on who they are and how the uh, intelligence community embraces them. So... That's how the book came about. Uh, I'm getting to the point now where I've been doing this a long time. And uh, I guess you could say I'm sort of semi-retired now. Uh, let the, uh, the younger folks out there take over and do the footwork and... and uh, Certainly, there in today's time, there's a great deal to look at, and uh, there have been some remarkable steps uh, toward disclosure. Uh, we're certainly not there yet, but uh, we've uh, the door has been cracked. Uh, by the by, the federal government. So uh, we're at a very unusual time. I'm I'm not out pounding the uh, pounding the ground anymore, but I'm keeping a close eye on things, uh, and uh, I'll uh, step in every now and then and shoot my mouth off, I guess, uh, <laughs> when I find it. Uh, uh, maybe it's necessary, but that's that's basically my uh, my background. Right. Thank you. And yeah, you're here to uh, shoot your mouth off, so <laughs> you can talk. Uh, because I want to find out. Uh, you know, as you say, it has been kind of remarkable in the last uh, few years since 2017, late 2017. Uh, there's been all there's been some government action at this point the Pentagon now, um, but you, we've, you've seen this before, but not, don't you think it's this, not to this extent as it is right now? Oh, I think uh, what's happened since, what, 2017, I guess, yep. uh, has been remarkable. Um, the government denied everything up until then. They, they just flat denied that there was any unidentified objects in the sky. Well, now all of a sudden we know they are. Uh, they have admitted it. They say they don't know what they are. Um, certainly, it's a matter of uh, national security. Uh, so, that's a big step. I mean, 
a huge step for the government to acknowledge that our sovereign airspace is being overflown by vehicles of an unknown origin uh, that happen to show uh, particular interest in our nuclear facilities. Hmm. Not, yeah. not only not only nuclear missile facilities, but uh, uh, power plants, uh, atomic power plants. Mm-hmm. They are interested in everything that is being done worldwide uh, with nuclear energy. Um, why? Who knows? Um, uh, ten years ago, if you asked me what I thought they were for sure, I would say extraterrestrial visitors. Now, I'm not so sure. I mean, we're talking about uh, dimensional uh, subjects uh, living in a world where there are multiple dimensions and uh, time travelers and what have you. Uh, I still think the extraterrestrial uh, hypothesis uh, remains the best, uh, but I'm I'm I don't rule anything out anymore. Nothing. It's it's I, everything. When when we look at what uh, the Webb Telescope is telling us, uh, what Hubble is telling us, uh, we really get a concept of how vast uh, uh, the universe is and how little we know about it. It's, it's a matter of everything we learn, we learn how much we don't know. It's, it's, it's an amazing time. Uh, mm. uh, I'm, uh, I don't know how long I'll be around uh, if I'll see any major developments, but uh, it's uh, it's certainly uh, a, a great time for younger folks that are coming up, especially scientists that are now taking this subject uh, very seriously. Yes, I, I love the fact that that's happening. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, taking a, you know Harvard PhD and you know a world-renowned uh, Italian uh, astrophysicist, uh, you know, talking about uh, you know that that they've you know they're they're looking into it seriously enough to um, you know to even checking out shows like this and other shows that discuss the topic. You know that would have never happened before. So uh, yeah, and I agree with you too. You know, I mean, I think the most a uh, logical possibility is that what we're seeing is extraterrestrial, but it, it definitely could be um, something interdimensional as well, or something that we haven't even thought of. You know, I mean, or it, a mix, or a of mix. All of it, yep. you know, that's right. Yeah, you don't rule anything out. That's right. Um, you know, something I neglected to do real quickly. I'm going to get uh, share this. Is uh, this is this week's blog. Um, with uh, that Charles Lear wrote, it's called uh, "When UFO Abduction Research Went Mainstream," and it talks about the different people that got involved, like Bud Hopkins, and uh, it goes through and John Mack and all that. So check it out over at podcastufo.com. And uh, I just forgot to do that in the beginning of the show. So yes, I think. Um, I think there's uh, the more I've looked into, I've, I've only done, I've done this show a much shorter time than you've been researching, but you know, it's, it's over 11 years now. And, uh, you know, I, I feel as though I don't know any, <laughs> any more about what's going on. I just, I, I may have more <laughs> questions than I did in the beginning, which I, I think questions are, are good to have. 
Well, that's that's exactly right, Martin. The more you know, the more questions you have. Yeah. And and it's uh, I mentioned uh, we were talking before the show started about uh, the History Channel, which I hold at arm's length because I know that those shows uh, can be. Uh, well, the production of the shows can be uh, somewhat pumped up mm-hmm. beyond reality. So, but with that in mind, I am particularly fascinated by uh, the History Channel's uh, uh, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Um, it appears to me that they're there's something there. There's without question. Uh, there, uh, there's something there. Now, I'm sure the show is being produced so that it'll bring people back week by week by week. But uh, there is something going on out there. Uh, I don't think the federal government would have been involved in it like they were. Uh, with Robert Bigelow, uh, if they didn't think that there was something special going on out there. So that's, uh, I'm fascinated by that. Who knows? It's just another piece of the puzzle. Uh, uh, so we'll, we'll see, but I keep, a, I keep an interest in that and I keep, uh, keep an eye on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think about, um, have you looked at all into the reports that have come out? And, uh, you know, as far as what the government has actually been looking, you know, the task force and then uh, these other things with uh, ridiculous acronyms. Now it's the AARO or something like that. Um, but anyway, uh, that they're actually looking into UFO cases now, supposedly, they're going to start looking from 1940, uh, what you call the golden years of UFOs forward, um, which before they were only looking at from 2004, I believe, forward. And now they're going all the, supposedly going all the way back to look at cases. And a lot of them will include, of course, you know, what happened at missile silos and things like that. Well, um you know, I've got mixed emotions about this. Uh, uh, if you watch recently what's happened uh, with uh, Louis Elizondo and um, the uh, the operation that he headed for a while, uh, and uh, Christopher Mellon, I mean, these are pretty big hitters. Yeah. Uh, that are now involved in this. Um, you go back, and I guess what troubles me is, if you go back to, let's say, Roswell, uh, which is sort of the granddaddy of them all, the beginning of the whole thing, Um what do we really know? What, who, if we've recovered alien spacecraft, who knows about it? It appears that the, uh, it doesn't make any difference if you have four stars on your shoulder uh, or not. If you don't have a need to know, you don't know. So how confined is the knowledge? What does our government really know? I mean, when you have people uh, that stand up and like Chris Mellon, uh, I don't think he is in the loop of knowledge. Uh, probably Lou Elizondo isn't either. There's a, if in fact we do have, our government has 
uh, alien material, alien devices, even alien bodies. there must be a very, very small group of people that have this knowledge. Um, So I guess what I'm getting at here is you hear these people that are talking now um, that you would think would be on the inside, but obviously they're not. Unless the fact is that we have, we don't have this data. Uh, it was made up. We don't, we don't have a spacecraft from Roswell uh, or alien bodies, what have you. Um, so it's confusing to me to hear these people that have a great deal of depth uh, and background that apparently don't know if, in fact, uh, that exists. The, the evidence exists and is being held somewhere. Uh, these people don't know about it. So, I, you know, I, I wave back and forth. Sometimes I think, well, yeah, somebody's got it under lock and key somewhere, but how come these people with such great background don't know about it? Uh, and where is it? So that's the mystery that I wrestle with today in today's time. Uh uh, do we have this uh, material? Uh, or when I say do we, does someone uh, have this? Is there really uh, a Majestic uh, 12 operation or what used to be a Majestic 12 operation that some tiny group of people or in the know. Uh, but then you have to think that uh, the military industrial complex would have to be brought in. They would have to, you would have to have uh, uh, scientists, not from within the government, but from uh, private industry that were. Uh, researching this stuff. So how do you keep the lid on it? I mean, that's that's what uh, troubles me. I don't know if I've made myself clear or not, but that's uh, that's uh, that's very troubling to me. When I when I spoke with uh, Chris Mellon, I, I was lucky enough to be the first person to interview him on this topic uh, back in 2015. And when I spoke to him. He said that if a president wanted direct, directly wanted to know about UFOs, then he would be directly brief, briefed on it by the information that they have. And so I guess I want to ask you, when you were researching for your book, would you agree with that, that statement? Um, I, I guess to some degree. But uh, does how much does Chris Mellon know? That you know that that's the question. Is he can speak with authority, but if he doesn't know the hardcore facts himself, he can only speculate. Um, I don't know what the what the presidents are told. Um, there's a lot of rumors uh, about all of that, about uh, Reagan being briefed by uh, uh, someone from the CIA called the caretaker. Uh, 
if that has any truth to it, uh, he was certainly briefed in some pretty uh, great detail. Uh, I don't think Jimmy Carter was until perhaps later. Um, so I don't know. I mean, this borders on what I'm talking about. I don't know what these people, these experts, the people that you would think know the background. I know that uh, uh, Luis Elizondo will get to a point where he says, that's something he really can't get into except to say thus and so and thus and so. Mm -hmm. So there's a line they can't step over um, that would, uh, to me, indicate that they certainly know more than they're able to say. But what's the depth? How deep is their knowledge? Um I don't know, and I, uh, but I would not be surprised at all to find out that there is really a uh, an organization, a group that perhaps knows a part of the real story and another group that knows a part of the real story. In other words, compartmentalized. Right. And uh, in that case, I can see how this may work. Um, and, and maybe each of these people know a bit of the story, but not the full story. Does anybody know the full story? Uh, do you think it's possible that they're just as baffled as we all are by the by what's going on, or do you, you really do think that they may know a little bit more? Oh, I think they know more uh, than they're willing to to talk about. How much more? I don't know, but I yeah, I think they know more, um, and. Uh, uh, in their particular area of expertise, uh, again, everything being compartmentalized, uh, they don't, there's a line they don't step over. They don't get in meddling into what someone else is doing. Uh, our government is very, very good at keeping secrets. Um, uh, not political secrets, that's something else. They can't mm. keep political secrets. But uh, secrets that involve national security, um, uh, that area, uh, they are very good at keeping secrets. And even better is the military-industrial complex. They're really good at keeping secrets. Uh, uh, probably better than the uh, three-letter agencies are, but uh, they're they're very good at it. It the reason is that's their livelihood. Mm -hmm. They make millions and billions of dollars by developing uh, 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 whatever uh, weapons, weaponry, and aircraft. And, yeah, yeah, and, and they were they're very good at that, and and uh, uh, they don't want to disrupt their. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the golden goose, uh, so to speak. But anyway, uh, no, the uh, the military-industrial complex is uh, uh, deeply involved in all of this. Uh, but 
how much of them. That's the question. We we get bits and pieces of the puzzle, and uh, we've been getting a lot of that recently. So we'll see. Yeah. Yep. Um, so what? You know, one of the things I, I like to to uh, ask someone like you that's been researching for so long, um, the changes that you've seen, you, you used to talk about the golden years and you, you thought the golden years, I do believe the reason you called them that is that there weren't as many, um, it was harder to have hoaxes back then for one, right? Um, you know, in the beginning, they couldn't alter the photographs the way they can now. There's no, there wasn't Adobe. Uh, Photoshop, things like that um, back then. Um, do you think that since the Internet's come along, what type of changes have you seen? Well, uh, if you go back to the beginning of the modern era, which I guess you could go back to even farther, but I, I, I think that Roswell really is was the beginning of uh, uh, the modern era of what we now call UFOs or whatever the whatever name the government's applying to them now. Uh, it all boils down to the same thing: flying saucers. But uh, what uh, Truman knew. Uh, was he knew the whole story as far as it was then um and he put a a, a clamp on it i mean he clamped down on it and uh that was passed on to eisenhower uh degree although when uh, eisenhower worked for truman they had a pretty good relationship but then when uh, Eisenhower started running for the presidency, that uh, that relationship froze over. But still, uh, uh, Truman's uh, uh, head of uh, head of the CIA when he was first set up was uh, uh, what does that name escape me? It happens when you get older. Uh, but anyway, he was uh, Eisenhower's chief of staff during the war. And uh, then he became head of the CIA when after the CIA was formed. And Eisenhower became president. Well, uh he was uh, Eisenhower's uh, chief of staff, so now head of the CIA. So I don't think Truman had to pass on anything to Eisenhower. Uh, his uh, chief of staff uh, very well took care of that. Why can't I remember that name? Is it? <laughs> but anyway. That was uh, Dulles? Huh? Alan Dulles? No, no, no. It was... Uh, 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 Edgar, uh, what am I thinking of? No. Hmm. Well, anyway, that's all right. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, uh, the uh, so these were the what I call the golden years. There was a lot of knowledge uh, as best they had then, and and. They kept it quiet. They denied everything. Um, as uh, time has passed, uh, the Internet uh, has made uh, keeping secrets very hard. Uh, finally, it was divulged that a place called Area 51 exists. Uh, the government finally admitted it denied it for how many years and then finally admitted it. So it's things like this that are uh, bubbling uh, to the surface uh, that we wouldn't have had 
years ago, um, there were some dedicated news reporters, newspaper reporters, uh, that reported uh, various things. But I think in a lot of cases, uh, the government had their thumb pressing down on these people. So we didn't get a lot of stuff out, right, but that, that time has passed. Uh, everything that uh, most things now uh, can be uh, 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 brought to the open, can be exposed. Certainly we have uh, a very secret uh, aerial platforms that are being tested all the time. Uh, that's probably 50 years more advanced than we know uh, of them. But, uh, and that's being kept secret up to a certain degree. That probably people that know about it. You, I don't care how secret you can have uh, airspace now in this country. Uh, there's still people that are going to see things and find out things and nose around. So, yeah, it's a lot harder now. We, we certainly know a lot more than uh, we did in those, uh, those golden years. It was very easy to conceal uh, and, and certainly not so easy nowadays. I hope that's a reasonable answer to your question. Sure. Did you ever actually do any investigating yourself, you know, talk to witnesses or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, well, I spent time, as a matter of fact, uh, spent the night with uh, Robert Emmenager at his uh, retirement home in Arkansas, discussing, and if you, you remember Robert Emmenager, I guess, who was a uh, co-producer of the uh, extremely well-made documentary from 1975, I think, that uh, uh, UFOs past, present, and future. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Very well done. Narrated by uh, Rod Serling. And, yep, that's uh, right. Yep. J just a, a wonderful production. And Bob told me, sitting at his kitchen table, that uh, uh, they were to be given 35-millimeter film of a UFO landing in uh, New Mexico uh, at uh, what Air Force Base. Again, Martin, I, I uh, forgive me for my uh, uh, lack of recall, but uh, anyway, uh, uh, that they were going to be given this uh, 35 millimeter footage 600 feet of it uh, to use as the dramatic closing uh, of that uh, program. And that uh, was just before they started production, that uh, was withdrawn. Uh, Watergate had just reared its ugly head. Oh, yeah. And uh, Apparently, the White House was behind this production, um, according to what Bob Emmenager told me. And uh, so the Nixon White House did not want to get into anything uh, that was controversial anymore. And so that was uh, withdrawn. But... Uh, they continued, the government continued to support Ebenegger uh, in his uh, production efforts. Uh, 
so a lot of good things came out of that. Uh, but uh, uh, that's just that's just one example. But yeah, I've uh, I've done a lot of footwork, uh, gone to a lot of presidential libraries, uh, uh, which are quite interesting. That's that's uh, something I found. That's one part of the government that really works. Presidential libraries are great. Hmm. Uh, they are perfectly willing. If you say you want information on UFOs, they know exactly where it is, and they can show you. They'll bring all of the files out, carts full of them, and uh, just help you anywhere they can. They, they, that was a wonderful, wonderful experience uh, working with uh, presidential libraries and their uh, librarians. Um, but uh, so, yeah, it's a lot of legwork involved. It's a lot of money involved. In it. you got to spend a lot of money. And hmm. it's, uh, uh, you know, a lot of traveling. You can't fly around the country. Uh, uh, on uh, a shoestring, it, it it takes money. Uh, That's right. That used to that used to fascinate me. Uh, how um, Dr. Alan Hynek would just show up like a day after an incident. He would just fly. This was after you know Project Blue Book, so he would just jump on a plane and just go, which uh, which was uh, expensive, even you know at the time. Sure. You know, relatively expensive so but um yeah he went all over the place and for you to do the research in the the libraries i'm i'm surprised that i didn't even realize that that you can ask where if there's any ufo material and it's they'll they'll let you know where it is yeah um i was hesitant initially to go into a presidential library and say, uh, well, I'm writing a book on presidents and UFOs. Uh, what information have you got? And I thought that, you know, I would get eyeballs rolling around and uh, a pushback. But the exact opposite uh, was the case. They told me where I could find them the stuff that is where to look for it and when i found something file wise that i thought would be interesting they'd bring it to me they wouldn't just bring me the file they'd bring me the whole box of files uh, rolling them out on a cart you know and just leave them there at your table and you could go through these files, pick one and go through it and see what's in it. Uh, put that away and move to another one. It's, and they were, they'd photocopy things for you. Of course, they'd charge you for that. Uh, but that wasn't necessary because I had my iPhone with me. So you just lay the document out on the table and Take a picture of it. I got a whole slew of pictures that I took from uh, of files in presidential libraries uh, by any number of people, well-known people, Secretary of State, uh, uh, just information back and forth discussing uh in uh, many times, uh, the UFO issue. So the information is out there for anybody that wants to take the trouble to to look for it. Uh, and I, only... huh? Pardon me. Go ahead. I'm. Uh, I think it'd be very interesting if anybody wanted to do it. It's 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 not difficult. Obviously. Uh, when you go into a presidential library, you can't take a briefcase. You can't, Yeah. you know, you got to leave 
everything that you've got. You have a jacket. They give you a locker to put it in and all that before you go into the library. The only thing you can bring in is, uh, uh, as I recall, a pencil and a legal pad. Uh, uh, that's it. And your phone. And your phone. Yeah. And your phone. So, Listen, we've, got, we've only got three minutes left. So uh, if you would, what would see, if you can wrap it up in three minutes, what was the most interesting thing you found in any of the libraries? And which library was it? Uh, I guess it was probably the Johnson Library uh, had some very interesting things in there that led me to believe how much Lyndon Johnson wanted to stay away from the subject. Huh? Certainly, and I am can't remember exactly what I got from the uh, Kennedy Library, but it was clear that Kennedy wanted to divulge a great deal of our secrets in the UFO field, uh, not only to the public here, but to the Russians. And huh. the Russians were supposed to give us all of their information. And that really disturbed uh, the intelligence community in the United States. They didn't want any parts of this. They didn't want anything divulged uh, to the Soviet Union. And that's why they got Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This starts a conspiracy. Well, but well, uh, that <laughs> I cover that in the book. Um, oh, okay. I don't necessarily buy into it, but I don't disregard it either. Uh, yeah. It's it's interesting. Well, thank you so much, Larry. It's been a real pleasure. Martin, it's been a pleasure. I enjoyed it. Uh, always uh, enjoy talking with you. You bet. All right. You take care. You too. All right. All right, everyone. So that's it. We'll see you next week. And remember to keep your eyes to the sky. Mm -hmm.